0: Thank you so much, Kevin, and uh, you may be seated. We are so happy that you're here with us this morning, so welcome to Linden Alliance, and we are so happy you're here with us, and a beautiful morning. If you're here for the first time, uh, welcome, and uh, my name is Jorge Santana, I'm, I'm the pastor here, and uh, again, we we just bless that you're here. The last couple months, God has been doing many Good things in the church, and I, I want to invite you to um, to keep the church, and your prayers. And, and I, you say, but I do that, yes, and thank you. But we 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 God is is blessing us, and we're so looking forward for for the future for what God is going to do with us. So uh, we need to uh, learn to discern and pray. So. Pray for the elder boards, for Peter, for Clark, for Alex and, and Kurt and myself. That, that God give us direction to know what is next, how we can discern what God want to do with us. So, yes, I will tell you that for now. <laughs> but pray for us. Praise that God will continue moving our church. Um, the last month and a half, we were uh, doing a sermon series called The Bigger Table. We finished with that. Um, and today we're going to start a new sermon series. It's called Blessed. Uh, and, and it's based on the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes is, is the beginning of Jesus' teaching on the Sermon on, on the Mount. I want to give you a little bit of context what is happening here. This is happening, the Sermon on the Mount is, uh, is considered Jesus' best sermon ever. So it's like if you... Uh, work as a pastor and you wanna that is your target sermon on the mountain. There's not such a better sermon than that one. And um, and Jesus is in the mid of his ministry. Matthew, we're gonna read from Matthew, Matthew put this sermon on the mountain in the beginning of his ministry. And Luke, when you read Luke, and put it more in the middle. And I I I Luke say in the beginning of the book of Luke say I, I I did my research, people. I went and I tried to do the most chronological way. So we're gonna say with Luke that this happened in the middle of Jesus' ministry. Jesus already uh, invited the disciples to follow him, and his teaching have a big crowd. So Jesus is popular at this time. So a big crowd is following him. And uh and many scholars, when they look at the sermon on the mountain, it's not Jesus sitting on the front of a mountain and saying, uh, uh, like doing the sermon, how we do it today. It's different. It's just sitting down with his disciple, his followers, basically making his disciples. He's, um, he's um, explaining the secret and what it means, in the kingdom of God to become a follower of Jesus. There's a lot of... Um, deep stuff here. There's a lot of good stuff. But for the next couple of weeks, we're just going to focus in the first 11 uh, verses. And today we're going to start with the first num- uh, 3. So I'm going to read them all. And probably you know them. Probably you heard them. But today we're going to read them all. But we're just going to focus today in the first one. Matthew 5, uh, verse 3 to 11. He said, Blessed are the poor in the spirit, for there is the kingdom for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. When I stop here and I'm thinking, looks like I'm full of righteousness. Anyways, you got that one, right? Yeah, good. Blessed are, that's nothing theological here. It's not a revelation. Okay, that's, that's just something to say there. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown uh, mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemaker, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for there is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil uh, against you because of me, Jesus, right? Rejoice and be glad, because great is, is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecute the prophet who were before you. So I give you a theme that we're gonna be studying and, and looking the next couple of weeks. I'm so excited for this. And today we're gonna focus in the verse number three. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is the kingdom of heaven. When we, we look at the word we it, you actually mean blessed are. But also it means there's a tension here because it's not actually a straight translation for the word beatitude. Also it means blessed, but also means happy. Happy are those who are born in spirit. But even the happy or happiness, it doesn't fulfill actually the translation of the word. So we can read the, the verse as a blessed or happy are those who are poor in spirit? Here's the tension: How can you be happy if you're poor in the spirit? And actually, what it doesn't mean for us to be poor in the spirit. And the word here "poor" it have nothing to do with the financial status. It had to be with the condition of our heart, rather than finances. Finances nothing to do in, in this text when we study the word poor. So what it means to be poor in a spirit? That's a good question. Actually, when you look at the word poor in a spirit, the Bible, whenever you read the word poor, there's three ways the Bible used the word poor. The first one is that you have, you poor mean without influence, of power, Meaning, let's say you're a farmer, you need to buy another land. You have uh, no power to buy other, so you're stuck with the property you have. You depend on other people, of the influence to uh, uh, buy that land. So You have no power in your decision. You only can do that. That's one way the Bible refers to poor. The second way the Bible refers to poor is a, a field worker, they the work for the day, he get paid, but it just it gives them enough money or resources to live for the day. He, he needs to go next day to work. He has no extra. He's poor because his condition. But there's a third one. And it's those who are destitute. They, they own nothing. They own nothing. They depend on external help. Um, Depend on someone giving something for them. And this is what Jesus is talking in this sense. Poor in spirit. Those who depend on someone. And the Bible tells many stories about people who depend on someone. We have people, uh, we always talk about the men with leprosy. They depends on other people to help them. The people who are blind or have some kind of issues. Uh, they depends on other people to give them some money so they can eat or they can survive for the day. They need the external help. So this was, was a big thing when Jesus saying, Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Poor in spirit means to come to a place of dependency on God. We have to be poor in spirit to obtain salvation. And it's very different that recognize our sinful nature. Yes, we are sinful. Yes, there's sin in our life, and it's our condition. We recognize our condition. But As we live in a sinful nature, we can separate them into those who are sinful and never recognize they need external help. I can do it my way. A sinful nature is motivated by pride. I can obtain my own salvation. I'm going to show them. I'm going to prove them that I got this. But many of us, in our walk with God, in the very beginning, we recognize our sinful nature... And we say, we come to the point when we recognize we need something else. I cannot do it myself. I have tried to do it myself, and it didn't work. I need help. And we come to Jesus where we know him and and we depend on his power for us. A sinful man And I want to prove I want to do this by myself. Well, how that's been working for you? I have tried many things to do it by myself. And I was so proud, very proud to ask for help. And, And when I messed up so bad, and actually I need to now go, I need the help. It's even more embarrassing. They actually go ask for help in the first time. Uh, but that's how we work. This concept of sinful and dependent of God uh, take us to this idea that we have to work to reach God. This is, was something that was said on the Jewish culture. And Jesus criticized very, very much. You have to do things on your own in order to reach God. And that's the tension between work and, and grace. It tells us that grace, we don't deserve it, but we get it. And sometimes we feel the pressure we have to do in order to obtain something. And this was very insert in the Jewish mentality. Jesus was talking a lot in his teachings about, it's it's not about what you do, it's your attitude of your heart towards situations. You're not trying to reach God. God is trying to reach you. It's not what you do, it's what God did for you. Did that make sense? And Jesus is, is taking all this idea of you don't have to do anything, I want to tell you something and this idea of dependency. I remember about ten years ago uh, my my wife ended up in the hospital and and uh, we had it, she had it to do, go to, into surgery and um, and I remember the doctor said, "Yeah, this is." is it's in and out, you know. It's not going to be a big thing. Uh, it's probably going to be an hour and a half, and then by tomorrow she should be able to go home. Don't worry, we have done this many times. Okay, so we left Josiah with my in-laws, and uh, uh, we go into the hospital. We we're just talking. Uh, see you later. See you later, and Mandy go over there, and and I'm waiting. In the waiting room. And uh, I'm, I'm there, and the, the doctor said, yeah, see you in an hour. You just go to the desk and ask for information. So I'm waiting. I'm taking the time. I'm like, should I go and get a miss? And I said, be quiet, enemy. Satan, go away. Because you know, with a coffee, it comes the donut. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm too nervous. I get anxious. <laughs> You've been there, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm anxious. I'm going to stay here. And, and, and the food at the hospital and coffee is not great. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to stay here. And I start to get nervous. Something you need to know about me. One of my biggest fear that I have is this idea that I will lose my wife. Especially in uh, uh, and, and, uh, and labor, when when we have to go have the baby. That is I'm, ve- I'm terrified about that. And it's something that I have to work in my life and really surrender that to God. There's nothing that I can do. I really depend on God in this. So, man is going to surgery. I'm terrified. And i, I, I it's just very scared. And I'm waiting. And the doctor, uh, an hour and a half happened. Okay, maybe, you know, something happened. And I, uh, 10 more minutes. And I'm waiting for the nurse to tell me, hey, everything's okay, you can come in. And nothing, two hours have happened, and I'm nervous. I go to the nurse and say, hey, nurse, everything okay? Yeah, let me call. Nobody's answering. Oh, just, you, you, you should be fine. Just wait. And then I hear on the speakers the name of the doctor. Doctor, come back. We need you. And I'm thinking, that is man, this doctor. Doctor, please come. We need you. And then the third time, it's like, we, <laughs> you can hear the voice of the nurse, we really need you. I'm like, oh, no. I'm <laughs> like, what is happening? I'm going to the nurse, and I, I'm like, you need to give me information. I said, I'm trying, but nobody's answering. And an answer, uh, a nurse called back, and, uh, and he said, oh, your wife is not doing well. And she, she, She's bleeding. And they cannot stop the bleeding, and 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 are like, okay, I need to see her. No, you can't. And I remember going back to my seat, and I'm 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 nervous, I'm shaking. My fear from zero to ten went to a thousand, and I'm like, what am i gonna do? And, and they called me, and I said, now you can go and see her. So I go in, and in, in the nurse and the, and at the door say. Uh, you need to be ready. This is not going to be pretty. Uh, and you'll be ready to say your goodbyes. I'm like, what? This is supposed to be an hour so in and out. They have done this many times. And I'm going there, and it was a mess. And Monday's out, and I'm crying. I'm nervous. And there's nothing that I can do to help my wife. That is that you came to that level there's nothing that I can say though I can say God can you do something? I need you have you ever been to a place in your life that you have tried so much in your own strength they come to the point you really need God to do something that level of dependency they can use other person. they are qualified to do this and you depend on the other people's uh, Gift to do something that you can't. I remember pr- praying for her, and I li- leave and I'm nervous what I'm gonna do. And then uh, she got better. She stayed not a, a day in the hospital, she stayed like two weeks in the hospital, and, and we survived. <laughs> the end of the story, she's here anyway, so you know this, the end of the story. So we're talking to the doctor, what happened? And he's like, um, one of ten thousand it happened this. We were the one. And I hate it. Because it really pushed me to that level. I need you, God. And Jesus explained this extension that you really need God in order to move. But how does Luke needing God? And Jesus told the story. And Luke 18, 9. And Jesus told this story to come, uh, this this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. And he told this story like this. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, and the other was uh, a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself in prayer, this prayer. I thank you, God, that I'm not like the other people. Cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm cer- certainly not like the, the tax collector. I fast twice a week. Well, this is the Pharisee, not me. I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income. That's what the Pharisees say. And then Jesus said, But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared to not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he buried in his shed, chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you, the sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God, for those who exalt themselves will be humble, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. I just told you there's a difference between work to obtain something and recognize the dependency of God. This Pharisee was praising his work. The, everything that he mentioned don't get me wrong they are good things. but he's doing it with the wrong intention. He was saying, I have done this so I have reached God because I have done this. The tax collector depends on the mercy of a savior. You have to understand this. In the Jewish culture, there was bad people, really bad people. Really, really bad people. Really, really, really bad people. And tax collector. <laughs> tax collector were the worst of the worst. Everyone hate them. They, they, nobody liked them. So that the Pharisee see himself as, I'm better than that guy. And Jesus said, blessed are those poor in the spirit. The Pharisee confessed the sin of other people in his heart. The tax collector recognized that he need mercy. What it means to be poor in the spirit... It's not like I'm poor in spirit and I'm going to stay this way and I'm never going to grow from here. I'm not saying that either. But poor in spirit, it really means when you come to a place in your life, always that you depend on what God can do through you. I want to tell you, I want to finish, and I want to tell you something. I don't think I have told this before, so this is brand new story. Uh, I, I've been a pastor in Canada for about eight years here in Canada. Uh, four years I wasn't picture viewed and then I, I transitioned and I moved here. In September I will be here four years. It's, time is going super fast. And I remember when I come here, I, I, I was so nervous. I was so, so scared my first week here. And I remember coming here, and I'm thinking, uh, there's a long story here, how God was working in me. And I remember coming here, and I'm thinking, what i am going to do? And I'm thinking, I say to Monday, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to try this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to prove myself. I have to show this. I have to come here. And, and just so you know, in the last Five years, I started to preach in English. Preaching English, for me, it's a whole different thing. I've been very nice. I can have an English conversation, you know, about the weather, the storm, and all that. But to preach in English, I was terrified about it. So I'm here, how am I going to do this? How am I going to come to this place? And I'm coming here. God, and I have to prove myself. And I was living at Ron Armstrong cabin. I remember going there. I see a big wind over there, the sun coming up. And I'm like, uh, I need to go and pray. And I come in here and thinking, I got this. I got this. I can show this. And I come here to the front. This stage here wasn't here yet. And I come in here and I sit down. And I didn't know who you are. It's my first month, my first week. I'm trying to remember names. I'm trying to remember, st- like, how I'm going to do stuff. And I'm nervous. And, I, and I'm here. And I start to pray for, for the church. And I say, God, help us to do this. We want this. We want that. And then I stay quiet. And, and I can feel the Holy Spirit working on me. And I say, you're doing this wrong. You you, you don't got this. I like, said, but God, what do you mean? You, you call me. No, no, no. You don't got this. I got this. But God, but I'm here. I'm answering the calling. I'm, I'm here. No, no, no. You don't get it, Jorge. You don't got this. And I remember being here, praying, and coming to that point to Realize, I've been a Christian for a while. I'm I'm supposed to know this. And at that moment, I realized, God, I really need you. And I remember standing up here. This was empty. It was empty. The the doors were locked. And I'm by myself, so I'm crying from everywhere. And I'm here, God, hold my hand. I depend on you. I don't want to move if you don't move. I don't want to go there if you don't go there. I need you. I need you. Our church needs you. And I was going back to one of my sermons way back. And I remember saying this. And now I'll give you the context of what happened. And saying, God, you have our church in our hands. It's our church Poor in spirit to come to that place of dependency of God. Are oh, we dependent on what we can bring to the table? What, what we can use? What are our, my gifts? I'm good at this. But how many of you has been in a situation that God put you in a place and you have never done it, you have never said anything? This way, how do you comfort zone? And you say, I feel I should be here. Susan is not here, so I'm going to talk about her. Susan, she's like, I, I saw the need with the childrens," And I'm like, I've never done this. I'm going to step up over there. And nine years later, I can see and feel God working through me. Because I was able to depend on God. Not at what I can bring to the table. Rather to trust God. Are you trusting God that he can use your life? Are you dependent on God in every area of your life? Or you keep finding your own way? I'm going to prove that I can. I, I, you're going to prove that I got this. I keep fighting for my marriage. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna fight for my kids. And those all good things. But we come to a point, and you know this. We come here and say, I need you, Jesus. I want to tell you the coolest story ever. Last week. Just a week ago. Last week. We have a guest speaker here, and people are here, and God has been moving in our church in ways that you so cool so cool what God is doing and one, one girl come and we were chatting and she say what do I have to do to be safe I need Jesus that's happening here when you were here that was happening in the coffee room what do I need to do I need Jesus and I said you have to do nothing he already did everything for you. But I'm being rejected and, and all this stuff coming to place. That's what Jesus is saying. Blessed are those who are poor in the spirit because the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. For those people who come to a point and say, Jesus, I'm fighting this. I'm fighting this addiction. I'm fighting this. I, I'm trying and I can't. i try to fix my life. And I know what I should do. I know what I have to do. I know what is the next five step, But I can't. I don't have the power. I don't have the will. I do the first step. And it's like I'm going back three steps. And I keep pushing and pushing. God, God. I need you. And it's like the tax collector all over. God, have mercy on me because I'm a sinner. Have mercy on me because I know who I am. But I need you. And how many times sometimes we are like here saying, Well, thank God I'm not like the other guys here. I I live my spirituality this way. I'm thank God I'm not like the other guys from there. I'm not like the other guys here. And God say, oh my goodness, you don't get it yet. You don't get it. If you want to live your life, you want to come closer to me, you need to depend that I am everything that you need. Everything. Not just when things are going bad, but also everything you need. When everything is going good. So how are you doing today? How are you doing? Maybe this was a terrible week. Maybe it's been a terrible year. Maybe it's in, there's a lot of things going on. But I, like, I have tried to change this. I have tried to do that. I, my friends told me to do this. And, and I'm following all these advices. But nothing is working. And what I'm telling you. Can you consider another option? That you come to a place, you say, God, I need you. I'm in pain, Jesus. I I really don't know what to do. People are telling me this, I'm not enough. People are telling me that I'm never going to be able to move. Myself, I'm telling that I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. And I, I, I'm done. I'm done with my life. I'm done with this. Everyone criticized me at work. Everyone criticized my home. I'm trying to move on. And again, if I go there, they, they criticize me. If I go there, they criticize me. If I go to the front, I don't know what to do, God. I you come to that place? And I remember myself going to that place. And I said, Jesus, I need you. I need you. I need you. We sing about it. But when you really are there, you feel useless. Do you feel there's nothing you can do? You know how many times I might not look like, but i always terrified when I come here to the front. I'm so nervous. And, I, you know, like I go home and I'm thinking, I'm trying to perform. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying. And I have to realize many times it's not about what I do, what I can do. It's what God can do through me, what can get, God can go through you. It's God in you. This is grace, people. It's not to show what you can do. Grace is to jump and say, enjoy that God wants to use your life and wants to use you. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Heavenly Father, I just pray for, for our church, for the many people that are coming through our door who come to this point to realize that they need you, dependency on you. God, maybe we are here thinking, how am I going to do it this week? How in the world am I going to move on? I don't have the strength. I don't have the passion. I, I don't have the motivation to, to do this. Maybe you're thinking about your life right now. How am I going to move my life? People have no idea. Maybe, you, maybe you're having suicidal thoughts. You haven't shared with anyone. But I want to tell you something if you're here. God can see your thoughts. Just come to Him. Just come to Him. And God, we pray that you give us our mind to see what you do in our life. There's there's nothing that we have to do to reach you. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much for grace, Jesus. Because I know when you died on the cross, you died for all my sin, past present and future and I praise you for that Jesus I pray for my friends here I pray for, our, for your kingdom the more people they can come to this door to recognize that we need you Jesus thank you so much for what you are going to do through our lives in our church